Welcome to Stop Internalizing Bitch, a safe space podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about PCOS, weight loss, and disordered eating. This episode will contain talk about disordered eating, so if this topic is sensitive for you, please skip this episode and join us for the next one. A quick disclaimer, we are not mental health professionals, we're just two friends trying to help each other and others to stop internalizing. So Serena, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. How are you, Jenny? I'm doing good, hanging in there. Same. So I know this past week, you know, has been a little rough for you. And I kind of just wanted to check in and, you know, see if you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it it has been, um, you know, kind of rough and I am definitely willing to talk about it. Um, So, you know, it's been rough because I found out that one of my friends um, lost a bunch of weight since uh, like the end, middle, whatever of 2019. And um, I'm really happy for them. And you know, like celebrating that little victory with them, but it's hard because I have such a hard time losing weight because of PCOS, because of fibromyalgia, like so many different health issues that cause me to have a hard time losing weight. And it basically makes me hold weight or gain weight. And it's kind of frustrating um, because I am so happy for my friends who lose weight, but yeah. then it's like I turn it back on myself and I look at myself and I'm like, why the fuck are you not able to do that? Like, why are you not able to lose weight like that? Like I have to change my whole eating habits. Like I have to cut out dairy and, or it's recommended to cut out like dairy and gluten to lose weight with PCOS and with fibromyalgia, they're like, lose weight and it'll help your pain. And I'm sure it would, but it's like, I work out even just 20 minutes a day and I'm sore for the next three days. My body is in overdrive for the next three days. Um, and so it's kind of frustrating. Like I know they put in so much hard work and they put in a lot of time and effort into working out. And then it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm trying, you know, to do everything that I can and it doesn't work. And I'm, in or trying to recover from an eating disorder and it's like just recently you know I was doing really good about eating three meals a day um healthier meals too cutting down on portions and then I weighed myself and I had gained four pounds yeah how am I supposed to like be motivated to keep eating healthy and to keep eating three meals a day when the scale is telling me that as I'm doing that I'm gaining weight and it's like um, it's like, and I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit I am a lazy person. Like I will put together workout routines and I'll put together meal plans and stuff like that. And I stay on it for a few days a week and then I fall right back off of it or I get stressed and it makes me, um, revert back to my old ways. And it's like, it's frustrating because I'm sitting here, like seeing all these people do great things and, you know, take quarantine and use it to lose weight and use it to get healthier. And I try to do it and I can't. Yeah. And it's just, 
it's frustrating because I'm happy for them and it makes me happy to see my friends get healthier and take care of themselves. But then I turn it back on myself in a negative way. Like, why can't you do that? Why are, why does your body suck and make you not able to do this? Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're lazy because if, you know, if you were lazy, you wouldn't make the attempt to create like workout routines or to create um, eating habits or better eating habits for yourself. I think a lot of it just comes down to feeling discouraged um, with our bodies. And, you know, PCOS tends to do that a lot. And for those who don't know what PCOS is or haven't really heard about it, it's a hormonal imbalance. Um, It's it's short versus PCOS, but it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and you might also hear it as polycystic ovarian uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with PCOS and it being a hormonal imbalance, it does affect the way that you metabolize your food. And, you know, instead of metabolizing it as energy, it is introduced to your body as fat. Um, And a lot of it tends to happen because of insulin resistance, which is another side effect of PCOS. And depression is also a symptom of PCOS. And a lot of it just tends to discourage you when it comes down to creating these healthier habits for you or for yourself. Um, And, you know, for those who don't know, for anyone who's listening to our podcast, can you kind of just explain what fibromyalgia is? Yeah. So, um, fibromyalgia is an autoimmune disorder. Um, it does affect like, um, your muscles and your nerves. And so basically it's like to put it in the simplest term, it's chronic pain. Um, everyone experiences it differently. Everyone has a different, um, way to management or manage it. Um, for me, um, I try to not take any medication. I do have muscle relaxers for it. Um, but I try to not rely on those as heavily. Um, Mm -hmm. but that also doesn't work for everyone. Like my mom, um, has it as well and she takes medication to manage it and it helps her for the most part, but there are days where it's worse. Like if the weather changes, um, drastically and suddenly, um, that brings it on. If I overexert myself or I don't get enough sleep, um, that brings it on. Like there's nights where, I mean, you've seen, we've had all nighters and, Mm-hmm. like three or four a.m. hits I'm in pain and I have to go lay down um and so it's it's just one of those things where it's just you're basically in pain all the time um but yeah so uh it can be hereditary and um it can it's idiopathic meaning that it doesn't have a cause um doctors don't know what brings it on but just one of those things that I have to live with. <laughs> oh man, I, I feel it. And, you know, I'm sorry that that's something that you've been dealing with the past week and, you know, yeah. for the last few years, um, you know, I, if you feel comfortable, uh, we can kind of talk about our diagnoses, diagnoses <laughs> with, uh, PCOS just to kind of explain why it's a little, difficult for us who do you know have to deal 
with the hormonal imbalance, why it's so difficult for us to lose weight. Um, and, you know, maybe there's other women out there who are listening, who have been diagnosed with PCOS as well, or have the symptoms and haven't been diagnosed. Mm. Yeah. I'm definitely um, with that. Um, do you want to go first though? Yeah, definitely. I'll go first. Um, so I was actually diagnosed with PCOS when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I've been dealing with it for, what is it? Eight years now. Yeah. Um, you know, at first it didn't really affect me as much as it's affecting me now. Um, it just kind of was things such as, um, extended menstrual cycles or, I wouldn't get it for like five or six months. Um, and so I kind of went in and I got checked out. And at first I wasn't really given the proper tools to diagnose it. I was just kind of told by my doctor, like, Hey, like these are the symptoms you have. So you probably have PCOS. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what you can do. You can go on birth control and lose weight. Yeah. And that was back in 2013. Um, since then, you know, I've done a lot of my own research and I really looked into what kind of herbs or natural substances I can take to help with the symptoms and help with my body and Mm -hmm. make me feel more comfortable in a body that's experiencing a hormonal imbalance as a woman. Mm -hmm. And just recently, I want to say in 2018 is when I finally um, was given an ultrasound by a doctor to really put my diagnosis in stone and say, Hey, like you do have PCOS. This is the diagnosis. This is what you're dealing with. And even at that time, all they wanted to do was give me birth control and put me on metformin Mm -hmm. and lose weight. That's how you're, you know, going to get over the hump of the PCOS symptoms. So eight years into a PCOS diagnosis, and I'm still kind of trying to work it out myself. Um, of course for me, it's actually been very difficult to lose weight. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to, you know, put it on and continue to gain. But when it comes down to losing it, it's been very difficult especially because my body or any body on PCOS doesn't lose weight the same way that other people's Mm -hmm. body does we actually have to maintain a low energy interval training Mm -hmm. uh, rather than high energy because anything that spikes our cortisol our stress hormone will actually make us gain weight Mm -hmm. so that's why when you do have PCOS, it's so important to get kind of like a handle on your stress and find ways to lower your stress because the more your stress hormones kind of go out of whack, the more you start to gain weight. Right. So coming up to 2021, uh, this year, I actually found this substance or this, um, a pill of just like organic herbs and things that have proven to assist with PCOS reversals, Mm -hmm. um, from Hello Eden. And 
This is not an advertisement, (laughs) but just to anyone who kind of wants to try it out there. I've been taking it for about a month and a half now, and I have noticed kind of like significant um, improvement with like my bloating and the way that I feel after I eat. Definitely, I've cut out dairy and I've cut out gluten as much as possible. When I do eat gluten, it's usually just like a pastry or something like once a week, twice a week. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, dairy has been cut out of my diet. Gluten has been cut out of my diet. Mm -hmm. And with the substance, with Hello Eden, I've definitely noticed a difference in how my body responds to stress and to food, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, PCOS isn't something that can be reversed in a month or two. It usually takes anywhere between six to 12 months. Right. So we'll come back in six months and see how I'm feeling then. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's basically my PCOS diagnosis. I've been dealing with it for eight years now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, I've had to basically stand up for myself at my doctor's offices, because they kind of just want to pass it off as here's some birth control, here's some medication, lose some weight, see you next year. Right. So I know uh, when I met you, that's, you know, something that I kind of advised you of. I wouldn't say told you to do. I would just say, you know, when you go into your doctor, like tell them your symptoms, tell them how you're feeling and just really advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, I would say that you definitely did tell me what to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, before I got diagnosed, um, I was 20 years old. We were working together and I came to talk to you because I was stressed because I had been on my period for, I think at this point, like close to 40 days. Yeah. I remember that. It was to the point where like my sister had to bring me a change of clothes to work. Um, I was constantly cramping, miserable. And when I had talked to you about it, you asked how my last um, like, pap smear and everything went and I was 20 years old and had never been to an OBGYN and Mm -hmm. I didn't really think you know anything was wrong outside of you know bleeding for that long because I grew up in a household with mostly females besides my stepdad and we all had weird periods like we would go some months and not have periods we would go a month and have a period like it would just be so different like for me before I got with my partner which was four and a half years ago I hadn't had a period for almost seven months and before that you know I would have them every three months and they would be about three days Um, so definitely not super normal and I thought that was normal because that's how it was with my mom's with my mom and my sisters and you know periods and uterine health and stuff like that really isn't talked about as much as it should be. Um, and so I thought that was normal. I didn't talk to my friends about it. I didn't mm-hmm. you know, talk to really anyone about it. And when I talked to you about it, you were really kind of the first one um, outside of my family to be like, no, you need to go see a doctor. You need to go get checked. You need to take care of 
you know, the health of your female reproductive organs. And I pushed off, pushed off. And then finally I was sitting at your desk one day on my, on my lunch and you're like, you need to call your doctor. Um, and I didn't know who I was going to see. And by some miracle, we went to the same, um, like doctor's offices. And so I got in with the OBG that you were seeing, um, went in, had my appointment. Um, she scheduled a, a transvaginal ultrasound, which looks at the ovaries and the uterus. And, um, after that, we got the results back, um, and in that appointment, she had to prescribe me like a hormone and get me on birth control to stop my period or whatever. Yeah. Um, after we got the ultrasound back, she was like, okay, yeah, you definitely have PCOS. Um, and at that point I was like, she, you know, put me on a birth control that I was lower hormone. Cause I have issues with the hormones and how it affects my mood. And so um, that was a good plan. And then she basically, she was great, but she still was like, take birth control and lose weight. Um, and it was hard because I felt leaving there. I felt like upset because I've never really been one to want kids, but I do want to have a family with my partner. Yeah. And my partner does want at least one kid eventually whenever we're ready and so then for me to not even be able to make that choice later in life, like, cause it exactly. is, it does affect your, um, what is it called? Fertility. Mm-hmm. So you have to sit there and, you know, my whole way driving home, I was thinking, how do I tell someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with that I may not be able to give them a family? Yeah. Um, and so that was hard in its own. And like I said, I had never really wanted kids, um, but having that choice taken away from me mostly or being told basically that my body may not be able to do it was really hard. And then just a few months ago, um, that OBGYN had left the uh, like doctor's offices or whatever. And so I saw a new one in the same practice and I, at first she was really nice. Um, basically, though she looked at my um, ultrasound and she said she couldn't tell for sure if I had um, PCOS or not. She basically said that she didn't believe it because I didn't have um, some of the symptoms like excessive uh, hair growth. Yeah. And so then I left frustrated, like, okay, well, if it's not, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? Because it's not normal to bleed the way I do. It's not normal to, not have periods like what is going on then I I didn't have answers and I didn't know what to do um and so then I had another long period this time I only waited two weeks so it was a three-week bleeding period and then I was booking up an appointment with a different doctor um I got in with her and she was amazing you know she addressed my concerns um gave me options she I told her things that I had knew about PCOS that I had to find from research on my own. Um, mm-hmm. And she was surprised that I knew so much about the body. I even asked if I was in like the medical field because I had done so much research on what was going on or what I thought was going on with my body. And um, so she ordered another ultrasound um, and she is going to see me again. I think I have to go back in April or May. Um, but she recommended me to, um, a weight loss doctor. 
um, that is supposed to be really good with helping people with uh, PCOS and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when it's funny, cause uh, when I got the name of the doctor um, for the weight loss stuff, I had seen that doctor once before. Cause it's like weight management. Oh, wow. Okay. And that doctor basically didn't believe me when I said I had an eating disorder, even though I explained that I would go sometimes not eating in the morning, not eating in the afternoon, and then just having a slightly bigger meal at dinner. Yeah. As I wasn't eating and then I was binging um, and mm-hmm. then I didn't have an eating disorder, which in itself, binging is an eating disorder. So that I stopped going to that doctor, but now that I feel like I have something to back me up on, on, no, it's not just me eating. It's not just, um, or it's not just my eating habits. It's not just me not working out as often as I should. Like this is my body specifically needs other stuff. And, um, so now I have a better game plan going forward. Um, but it's so really frustrating because PCOS is, hard to manage but then as well with the fibromyalgia a lot of doctors don't believe it exists and so wow yeah like it's it's still looked at as kind of like a hysteria type disease um and no way um and so that doesn't help with the issue but it's hard when you tell a doctor that and you can see that they don't believe you yeah Um, and so that was my whole diagnosis with PCOS. When I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it was really easy. Um, my primary doctor was great. Um, so that one's not like a big story, but I feel like once I got diagnosed, um, I didn't feel as alone as I thought I would because my sister has PCOS. You have PCOS. I'm finding out the other friends as it's getting more and more talked about some, most of my friends have it. Like I think the statistic is like um, one in five women or something like that have PCOS. And so it's more common than you think. And it should be talked about more because if I wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have pushed me to go to the doctor, like who knows where I would be at now. Um, and it's not like a deadly disease, obviously, but like I could be a lot worse than I'm at now um, had you not pushed me to go see the doctor. So definitely, you know, reach out to your friends that have ovaries and uteruses and ask them. It's, it's not as embarrassing as you think to ask them how they're feeling or during their period, or if they've seen their OBGYN recently. Um, And then if you do know someone that has PCOS or endometriosis or really any other disease, if you, that you love and care about them, do your research on. Yeah how it affects their body and see what you can do to help. Like, um, knowing that I, that we have to, um, be more cautious with gluten and dairy. I feel like anytime we get together, we're usually pretty good about being, you know, better. If we go get coffee, I always remind you to get oat milk or almond milk or whatever, um, milk substitute they have. And, it's nice having a partner too, that when we go grocery shopping, they're like, what gluten-free stuff do you want? What dairy-free stuff do you want to try? Yeah. And that's really important too, because if it wasn't for my partner constantly like pushing me to actually stay on top of it, I probably wouldn't. And I would have worse symptoms than I already do. Um, Yeah. 
but so that's our all about our diagnosis um how has having PCOS affected like your day-to-day life um I definitely have to be more vigilant when it comes down to what I'm putting in my body Mm. um you know I love coffee so that's something that I usually go out to do every weekend now since I'm able to make my own coffee at home Mm. but you know when I go out I have to make sure that I'm getting milk alternatives and I'm not ingesting dairy um thankfully you know my partner does a really good job of reminding me as well Mm. um the other thing you know daily life like I try to get you know walks in and thankfully my partner as well like you know reminds me like you need to get off of your work computer and you need to go out and get some light and get some sun and go for a walk and that's the other difficult part because you know when I'm sweating I feel great but I also have to remind myself that I can't let my cortisol spike too high because then I start to go into the chronic fatigue and then I start to notice my body just bloating and making it even more difficult for me to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So it definitely makes me more vigilant when it comes down to what I'm putting in my body. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it has also made me more mindful Mm -hmm. because I pay attention to my body now and I pay attention to what my body is telling me. And, you know, it's, it's hard because like you said, you know, as we're, as we're going and like with us being so young, we're not thinking about like, oh, like I want to have kids. Like when I have kids, like, you know, we're, that's not something we're currently having a conversation about, Right. but with PCOS, you do have that possibility that, you know, you may be infertile. Right. And just having that possibility in the back of your head, even though you're not currently thinking about starting a family, like it does affect you as a woman because, you know, maybe, maybe in five years or maybe in 10 years, you want to start a family. And if you don't take care of yourself now and you don't try to start at least reversing those symptoms, it's possible that, you know, that could not be a possibility. Right. So daily life um you know it's made me more vigilant more mindful but it it is difficult because you know I want to do all these things and I want to have all these all this energy and unfortunately one of the symptoms of PCOS is also chronic fatigue Mm -hmm. and like you said it makes you feel like you're lazy and it makes you feel like why am I not doing these things? And why am I not losing weight? When the fact of the matter is like, you know, it's not an excuse, of course, but the fact of the matter is your body is working against you the whole time. And, you know, so even, even now, like with being on birth control, like when you get like your menstrual cramps and stuff, even now, like sometimes I'll get like those little pangs and I'm like, oh my God, like, am I okay? Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's possible with PCOS that a cyst could rupture. Mm -hmm. 
And if that happens, then you have to make sure that, you know, you're close to a doctor or a hospital because in some cases it can turn into internal bleeding. Right. So you got to be super vigilant mm-hmm. <laughs> about how your body is feeling. Um, but I'm working towards being more, I guess, caring towards my body. Yeah. And kind of trying to work with PCOS in a positive manner rather than feeling like, oh, woe is me. Right. So that's how it affects my daily life, monthly life, yearly life. (laughs) How about you? How does it affect you daily? Um, Well, I actually saw this post today on Instagram and it made me, it like hit me so deep that like, that's exactly how I was feeling. And the post said, I'm constantly torn between I can't let this illness ruin my life and I have to listen to my body and rest. Mm-hmm. And with me, um, I have friends that are very active. I have a partner that would be probably more active if it wasn't for me. And it is kind of frustrating because no one understands what your body's going through. Like, even with us, like we have both PCOS and you don't understand what I go through and I don't understand what you go through. We have different um, symptoms with it. It affects our bodies. Yeah. It's hard because with fibromyalgia and PCOS, like you were saying, um, chronic fatigue is a really big thing. And I feel like I'm tired constantly. Like I have really dark circles under my eyes constantly because I'm not getting quality rest. Um, I could sleep 12 hours a day and still have those dark circles and bags under my eyes. And it's frustrating because I want to do so much in my day and I want to get so much done, but I work evenings. And I know that if I do too much during the day that I'm going to crash before my day is over at work, or I'm going to be too tired or in pain by the time I get to work. And it's not like I can just say, hey, I'm not coming in today. Like I'm a teacher. I have to be there or find someone to cover my shift. And it's hard to find someone last minute. Yeah. And uh, it's frustrating for sure, for me at least. Um, Circling back to like having to change, you know, your eating habits. It's hard to change to gluten-free. Yeah. My one, I mean, both of them are really hard for me, but it's hard for me to find things that are gluten-free that is that still- and it's pricier. Yeah. Like I bought a loaf of bread and it was like six bucks compared to like a $2 loaf of bread. And I'm like, where yeah. do you pull this money out of? Exactly. And, then, and- um, it's like, I tried gluten-free egos and they were disgusting. Um, and then, you know, for me, I'm a really big foodie. And so, yeah, hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to make this change and then spend a four, $4 on a bag of freaking shredded cheese. that's dairy free. And it tastes like asshole. Like I don't, Oh my gosh. It just reminded me of the mozzarella I bought that was supposed to be dairy free. And I was like, no, yeah, it's just, it's hard. And it's like, it's 2021. You would think that by at this point they would have better alternatives 
I've had cashew cheese and that's good, but making it yourself is a process that I don't want to do. And buying it is expensive that I don't want to spend the money on. So it's yeah. like a constant circle with myself of like, you need to do this. It's too expensive. I don't have the time, but I need to do this. And it's, yeah. it's exhausting and it adds to my stress. And then that doesn't help anything. And it's, it's hard, but I know that it's manageable as long as I put the work into it. Yeah. So I decided that, you know, I'm going to really start trying to take better care of my body this year. Um, and part of that is like my stepdad and my sister and I are all doing a money pool thing. So like whoever loses the most weight at the end of the month, oh, gets the money. <laughs> and so I'm excited for that because I am very money driven and yeah knowing that there's money at the line that I'm either going to lose it or I'm going to win it is very motivating to me and I'm hoping that that gives me the kick in the ass that I need to start really going dairy-free and start really going gluten-free um and creating like a lower intensity workout for myself so I can win yeah Um, but it's still like one of those things where I'm frustrated every day. I woke up this morning and it felt like I was hit by a truck and I had to get up. I didn't have to. My partner would have understood it if I didn't, but I had to get up in in my mind. I had to get up and I had to help my partner clean. Um, And it was hard. I would get through one or two tasks and then I would have to sit for a minute and then I would feel lazy because my partner is still up and cleaning. And so I would have to push myself like, no, you can do this. You can do this. And now it's 1044 at night and my back is on fire and I'm exhausted. Um, we did some grocery shopping today too. And just that, like, I don't know how I got through it, but I did. But it's like, we got back from just, just going to one store and, and stopping to get myself um, coffee and just going to the one store by the time we got back to the house in my head, I was like, why does going to one grocery store exhaust me like that? Yeah. Part of it is just because I don't like people, but then the other part, <laughs> just the way that my body reacts to different yeah. stimuli. And so I feel like every day is a new issue with me, with how I'm feeling. So Tomorrow I could wake up and not be in pain, but I could have lower abdomen pain from the PCOS or I could be super bloated because of the PCOS and it's frustrating for sure, but I'm trying to not let that affect me as much as I used to, but also still listening to my body and resting when I need rest, which is something that I have a hard time doing. Um, But it is what it is. Probably going to say that like 10 more times before the episode is up. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, and I know, you know, earlier we had mentioned um, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how one of your doctors, like, didn't really take you seriously when you had tried to bring that issue up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately... I, you know, I don't think this is really a topic that I have shared with you to like too in depth. I think we've, I think we've touched on it, but I've never really kind of 
sat and like had a conversation with you mm-hmm. about eating disorders. And I was actually talking to this or talking to my partner about this the other day and how, how difficult it can be when you have, you know, certain, let's say diseases or hormonal imbalances. And at the same time, having to deal with disordered eating or having to deal with bad eating habits, because even, even myself, like before I really started to listen to my body and before I really started to figure out that I needed to be more conscious of my eating habits and be more conscious of my body in general, I had really bad eating habits and I, I didn't realize that it was disordered eating. I just thought I didn't have any self-control or I thought that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and that's the other thing with PCOS with PCOS, you tend to get really bad sugar cravings Mm -hmm. and you know, those cravings feel like obsessive thoughts. Yeah. And unfortunately that is a symptom of PCOS. So it's something that you do have to deal with. Um, as for like the disordered eating, I went through a couple of years where I didn't eat breakfast or I wouldn't, I would skip breakfast and lunch because I told myself, no, like if I eat now and if I eat this at this time, then I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to get fat and I can't eat that. And I can't eat this because my body already looks disgusting. Mm -hmm. And then when I would get home, I would try to eat like a salad or I would try to eat something small at the end of the day. And then, you know, in the middle of the night, I would wake up and binge and just eat and eat and eat anything that I could. And I would wake up the next morning regretting it, but then I would start the cycle over and over and over again. Right. And, you know, sometimes it does get a little emotional when you start to think about that because unfortunately also our environments tend to instill eating habits into us, you know, from childhood. Um, I was talking to my partner earlier this week and I kind of told him my earliest memory from when I realized I really started to latch on to disordered eating Mm -hmm. is, you know, when I was a kid, I remember someone in my family telling me, well, no, you can't have seconds because you're getting fat or no, you can't eat this because you're going to keep gaining weight. And when I really started doing the work and I really started to try and heal from my fear of food mm-hmm. and trying to heal from my eating habits. Like I realized like, that's not okay. That's not okay to say to a child. That's not okay to say to a 10 year old. Right. So why is it okay for me to say that to myself as a 26 year old? Right. 
And I think PCOS really put it into perspective to like, I need to take care of my body. And if I'm not eating, I'm not taking care of my body. I have to give it nutrition. And I think it's definitely helped with pulling me out of my old eating habits and pulling me out of disordered eating. Mm -hmm. But it makes it harder also because I caught myself some days saying, oh, like if you eat breakfast, you're going to feel bloated all day. Right. If you eat this for lunch, you're going to feel bloated all day. And then you're just going to be tired for the rest of your shift. Mm -hmm. And it's really, like you said earlier, it's really easy to fall back into disordered eating. But I think when you really start to be mindful of your body and the way that it's talking to you and the things that it's telling you and with like these imbalances, it kind of helps sometimes to just bring you back into your body and not think about how you're going to feel later on down the road or how you're going to feel during the day. Right. You have to give your body nutrition. Right. You have to listen to your body. Your body's hungry. Give it some nutrients. You know, even right. if it's some celery and some peanut butter or some apples and some oranges, you have to give your body some nutrition, even though you know after eating it, you're going to feel bloated because of PCOS. Right. So that's my story with disordered eating. I don't think I've ever really gone into depth with it with you. Yeah, no. I think this is like the first time I really told you like how my relationship was with food for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't know that it like stemmed from like childhood and stuff. And I do really appreciate you being vulnerable with me and with the people that listen to our podcast. Cause I know like, I hate talking, which is so funny since I will always say it since we started this podcast, but I hate talking about myself and my issues. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I know it can be hard. And especially when it comes to topics that, are still so foreign and that people don't talk about like I will talk about my eating disorder or about my illnesses with anyone who asks because I think it's important but it's also to remind myself I feel like that I'm not alone um I and I think it helps too when you talk to your friends and stuff too because it helps you realize that like um, eating disorders and like poor body image can happen to anyone. Like I was talking to, um, one of my friends, excuse me, I had to burp. I was talking to, um, one of my friends earlier, like literally probably an hour before we started talking and she was telling me how at this moment in her life, she looks at herself in the mirror and hates what she sees. Mm -hmm. And from where I'm sitting, I'm looking at her and I see her body and I'm like, wow, I'd love to have that body type. I would love to be that size. And it kind of like reminded me that like, you never really know what someone is dealing with um, unless you ask. And with my eating disorder, you know, for me, um, I think it really started in high school. Like I've always... When I, let me backtrack. When I hit puberty, I was always a thin kid, but when I hit puberty, I really plumped up and I never stopped plumping up. 
Um, I'll be the first to say that I'm fat and I don't use that as a bad word. Um, I feel like when I call myself fat, like I'm reclaiming that word for myself because I've heard it so much from bullies and in the high school, you know, um, I wasn't the kind of kid to bring my own lunch. I hated packing lunches, hated eating. I still to this day cannot eat in front of a lot of people. Um, so I wouldn't really buy lunch at, um, school. None of my friends bought lunches. So I wouldn't eat until sometimes I would have a snack when I got home and then I would eat dinner. Or sometimes I would snack from the time that I got home into dinner. And from high school until now, it's just slowly progressed to where I won't eat breakfast, I won't eat lunch, and I'll eat dinner. And sometimes yeah. I won't eat dinner. Um, it's to the point where I wake up um, and I have a message from my partner saying, good morning, make sure you drink water, and make sure you eat. Um, and I appreciate the, the reminders to eat because if I'm not hungry, I don't think to eat and I've yeah. trained myself to not be hungry. Um, you know, it's hard when you look at yourself and you see they, that you look at yourself and you're disgusted. Um, then to go and eat, um, you know, I'll get up from sleeping, wearing little to nothing, um, go into the bathroom. As I'm walking past, I see my reflection and I don't want to eat for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, I get embarrassed when my partner touches my stomach and then I'm telling myself, don't eat breakfast tomorrow morning. And it's hard to break those thoughts because, I mean, if you look at society, like, that people aren't aren't in media and if they are some cheesy role of the fat girl meets some guy and he doesn't care about her size and blah 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 she learns to love herself and yeah that does happen in real life but it also isn't a true depiction of what it's like to live that Um, yeah I I was gonna go bra shopping today And I was going to go to two plus size specific stores because I'm not going to name names, but a very popular chain of underwears and bras or whatever doesn't carry up past a certain size in store. And so I was going to go to these specific stores and I talked myself out of it because I, one, I hate spending money, but two, I was going to have to spend so much more at these plus size specific stores yeah because other stores don't carry my size and I mean I it pisses me off because I went underwear shopping with at this store which they do Mm -hmm. carry my underwear size but not my bra size um I went shopping at this store with my friends because they were having a great underwear sale and I'm watching my friends you know not even sometimes having to open the drawer. They can pull it off right off the table or they're in the top drawer and I'm having to crouch down to get into the bottom drawer. And mm-hmm. it's like, all these people, like it almost feels like they're looking at you because you're crouched down having to get into these drawers. Yeah. It, it's been frustrating for me. And when that happens, then I'm like, okay, don't eat. Just drink your protein coffee and call it good. Like don't do this, don't do this. And 
I punish myself with food in the sense that I don't eat Mm -hmm. and it's, it'll get to the point where I don't eat and I'm almost too weak and too tired to eat when I do sit down to eat. Um, and that doesn't help anything. It doesn't help my mental health. It doesn't help, um, my PCOS or fibromyalgia, like your body eventually goes into starvation mode and has to basically start eating your own fat reserves to, because it thinks it's starving and that makes you gain more weight. Um, there have been times where, you know, I was not eating and I was in the shower and felt like I was going to pass out. And my partner, you know, had to basically get me out of the shower and it's, frustrating because when that happens I'm like I know I need to eat more I know I need to eat better if that makes me feel better um but it's just this vicious cycle for me of you don't need to eat you don't you're already big enough whatever um but what has really helped me with that is I'm starting to find little snacks that are somewhat healthier that I know that I can eat. Like what the thing that I'm on right now is um, the little like apple juice pouches that look like the okay. little pouches, but they're apple, applesauce. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was trying to say applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that in the morning, if I'm not hungry, I can eat that without thinking about it. Um, yeah. And then by the time, you know, it comes for me to actually like eat a meal, um, I can eat something while disassociating while watching YouTube or something. Um, but it's helped me to find smaller, healthier snacks that I can eat that won't one, make me feel like shit for eating, but two, I don't have to think about. So like the applesauce packets or like a couple pickle spears or something like that. Um, and I have been better. Um, I am very vocal with how it is with my partner because we live together uh, Mm -hmm. and they're very supportive, you know, trying to keep me on track and everything. But it's, it's just one of those things where I feel like I have to do so much because I am a fat woman. Yeah. Um, But it's kind of like trying to prove that it, you're, it's, it basically feels like you're trying to prove to everyone that you're not fat. Right. And it's like in media, um, you'll see some big plus size names like Tess Holiday and Ashley Graham prove that they have a workout routine and prove that they eat healthy. And it's like, why do we as fat people have to do that when thin people don't have to? Then people can yeah. go around and talk about how they can eat so much and no one says anything, but if you're already fat, then it's like, you have to do double work to prove that you're not trying to be fat. So kind of going off of that thought, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember having a conversation. I don't remember who it was with, but I remember having a conversation about how at work they have like potlucks. Yeah. And, you know, being a heavier set woman, I feel like. I can't get up and put a little bit of everything on my plate because then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they're probably sitting there judging me and thinking, wow, look at her fat ass getting more food. Right. She's already big. Why is she eating? Right. 
I going off of that thought, <laughs> I can agree with that. And um, you know, our running joke is from when we worked together, and I would always take bites of people's foods. Yes. And the the o- joke was always Serena asking, "Can I have a bite?" <laughs> and I love that joke, and it still makes me laugh. But it's like some of the people that we worked with that would joke about it with us. I don't think realize that if I didn't take bites of their food, I wouldn't eat until dinner that night. Yeah. And most of the time we didn't eat dinner until nine or 10 o'clock at night. And so it's like little things like that. Like I think about too, like if I have a potluck, am I going to go up first? Which I won't. Um, Me and my sister, anytime, like, which wasn't very frequently, but anytime my family would go to a buffet Like we would get up together, walk together because it would be embarrassing like for us to be a plus size person getting up and going to get another plate of food, which is the point of a buffet. Like we would starve ourselves all day because we knew we were going to a buffet (laughs) (laughs) just for us to be embarrassed to get a second plate of food when other people were piling their plates high, getting multiple piled high plates but yet we can't get two plates. Um, And how I was saying that I don't like eating in front of people. I have this irrational fear that if I'm eating in public or if I'm eating in front of people that I don't really know that they're going to be like, look at this pig eating. Like, I don't know where this fear came from. I've never had anyone say anything to me. Probably good thing because I am confrontational as fuck, but I have this irrational (laughs) fear that someone's going to say something and it's like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to cry, even though I know damn well, I would get up and punch him, but it's just hard. And like, I notice the more that I talk about it, the more I feel comfortable doing different things. Like I can eat students, I can eat, um, at restaurants without really caring. I can eat with my friends with, especially if my, they're my thinner friends without being like, they probably think I'm so fat, even though we got the same meal. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why talking about it is so important because it, uh, helps you stop internalizing it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just going to slide that in. Um, and I feel like having someone, you being on such a similar path with me, does help a lot with keeping me accountable. Um, And I have a bunch of friends that are vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever that I know I can go to for recipes and support and stuff, but it's nice having someone be on such a similar path to you for that support. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things that we do is when we get something really good that's gluten or dairy-free, from sprouts or whatever we're always telling each other about it um like you remember that one day I sent you a whole picture of my sprouts haul because I was so excited about everything that I had gotten (laughs) yes um and that's really helpful too and like I think you were the person that put me onto oat milk oh my god oat milk (laughs) milk the the best thing (laughs) (laughs) um but what do you feel like has been the most helpful for you on your PCOS and getting away from a disordered eating path? Um, 
I think what's helped me, honestly, um, I was going to therapy in, what was it, 2019 before everything happened? Uh I was going to therapy (laughs) and my therapist kind of, you know, she told me, she gave me homework and she was like, you know, I want you to go home and, you know, whenever you have a bad thought or when you say something mean about yourself to yourself, I want you to imagine saying that same thing to a five-year-old, to your five-year-old self. Yeah. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture yourself in your head with your five-year-old self saying that exact same thing to her. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, okay. It's just probably my thoughts like about me being inadequate and whatever. Right. But then I really started to think about it and, you know, I was like, would I really neglect my five-year-old self and not feed her breakfast right would I neglect my five-year-old self and you know not allow her to enjoy the stuff that she enjoys and would I sit and call my five-year-old self fat right no I wouldn't do that because you don't do that to kids you know you don't break kids down like that Mm. so if I wouldn't say it to my five-year-old self why am I saying it to myself now that I'm 26? Right. So kind of picturing it that way has helped with my inner dialogue Mm -hmm. and helping my inner dialogue has helped me try to heal my disordered eating. Right. And with PCOS, I guess I kind of just try to remind myself that the body doesn't change in a month or two months or three months. Mm-hmm. it it you have to remain consistent so that your body can catch up to what you're doing with it and so your body can catch up to the good things you're feeding it right um so I think a lot of it is just being kinder to myself and reminding myself that I'm trying yeah so that's helped me try to heal my eating disorder you know it's something consistent it's not like it's ever going to be like oh I'm completely healed it's always going to be a work in progress and same thing with PCOS PCOS isn't something you can completely heal or something you can completely cure but it is reversible right Hmm. so that's what I'm doing on my end (laughs) uh what do you think has helped you Serena um First of all, I just want to like, not on topic, but I just want to say it's so weird to hear you say my name so many times because normally we just talk at each other. Um, <laughs> Serena, 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 Serena. I'm but, just going to um, text you like that from now on. Oh my God, I'm just going to start all my texts off with your name. I'm just going to start calling you Jennifer with an F instead of a PH. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, I think what has helped me the most honestly is having a partner that helps keep me accountable um I I slack off on a lot of stuff um and I don't keep myself consistent on really anything but having a partner that knows my goals and knows how I am um and knows how to kind of counteract that is really helpful like um today I was just super fatigued like not even like 
joking. Like, I wanted to fall asleep. Like, I could probably close my eyes anywhere and fall asleep. Yeah. Um, And my partner asked if I wanted to get coffee, which normally, I mean, it's been my favorite coffee, like, little uh, little stand just opened up down the street for me. And so I... Wait, which one? Human being. Oh, they just opened one near you? Oh, my God. Yeah, there's one in Pyramid. Uh... (laughs) Um... And so I've been going there more frequently, but my partner knows that I sometimes really need coffee to wake up. Mm -hmm. And so we went and got me coffee and got me through shopping and stuff. But he has been, you know, one of my main support systems. Um, He notices when I'm not eating. He notices when I'm not eating correctly. Um, And he really gently pushes me, but pushes me to do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, he's constantly reminding me of the healthy foods that I get. Cause it's easier for me for some reason to make fries rather than it is to eat the salad that I have in the fridge. Yeah. Um, so he's very good about reminding me of the healthy habits that I'm trying to create. And um, it's, it's really thanks to him that I am doing the benefit or that I'm, that didn't make sense. It's really thanks to him that I'm getting progress. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That um, I'm getting progress with my goals. Um, so he's been really helpful. And then I'm starting to, I'm a rewards-based person. Um, I like to see some sort of reward, even though like losing weight in itself and getting healthier in itself would be a reward. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm doing the money pot with my um, dad and sister and then I told myself that if I get to a goal weight, I'm going to buy myself a new Squishmallow, <laughs> which is like my newest like obsession right now is just Squishmallows. But I know that'll motivate me enough to where I'll keep on what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, trying to think of anything else. Um, something else that has helped me is the Instagram page that we follow, which is... Um, I think it's PCOS.weightloss or something like that. But yeah. um, they have they actually have a podcast called um, Sister and Her Mister. Mm-hmm. is amazing. And that's how I feel like I've been able to really get anywhere with my PCOS because they're so thorough with, you know, meals and workout ideas and just information about PCOS that you wouldn't know otherwise. I feel like yeah. it's so accessible with them. So that's been really helpful. Um, And then, you know, on a more like sentimental level, my niece was just born in last May. Mm -hmm. Obviously I want to live a long, happy life so I can see her grow up. Yeah. The person that she amounts to be um, and be there to kick any asses that I need to kick. (laughs) But I feel like those three things have been like really pushing me to be, the best like that I can be and be the healthiest that I can be. Um, so I am, you know, around long enough and I don't want to cut my life short because of some stupid shit. So yeah, go down like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice do you have for anyone who's made it this far? Oh man, if you made it this far, thank you. <laughs> 
Um, advice. I would say definitely talk to your friends, talk to your female friends, um, you know, talk to, to moms, talk to your aunts. Like you never know how many of them have actually gone through something similar or who are dealing with something similar. You know, I can think of a handful of people that I know personally who are dealing with PCOS or dealing with some kind of eating disorder or dealing with some other kind of disease. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by us talking about it, we can make it less of a taboo subject mm-hmm. um, and make it a natural conversation between women, um, you know, maybe not even women, between people in general you know guy friends who want to know more about their friends and what they're dealing with like if your friends feel comfortable talking about it talk to them about it Mm -hmm. and um I would also say don't talk to yourself the way you wouldn't want someone else talking to a five-year-old um (laughs) that visualization I'm not going to lie that visualization has helped me so much um and you know maybe it'll help anybody else listening to this is just visualize yourself saying the mean things you say to yourself to your five-year-old self version and you wouldn't want those things said to yourself when you were five years old so don't say them to yourself now right now be kind to yourself um go see, go see your health professionals, go to your doctors, go to your OBGYNs. Um, you know, that one, yeah. Like that one thing you might've felt and you were like, Oh, that's odd. Like go see your OBGYN, right. You know, go get checked out, go get your pap smears, go get your mammograms. Mm -hmm. I know we're in like a weird place right now, but make sure you're taking care of not only your health, but your reproductive health. You know, you might not be thinking about kids right now, but, you know, you might think about it later in the future. Or maybe you don't even want kids in general, like still go get yourself checked out. Make sure that you're healthy right. for your, sure if not for yourself, but for the people that you care about, for the people who care about you. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, honestly, I feel like the best that- advice that I could give, um, outside of what you already said is, or to, I guess, go off of what you said, if you have a hard time, you know, visualizing visualizing yourself as a child, talk to yourself the way that you would talk to your friends. Yeah. Um, I, there, I try to always talk to myself the way that I would talk to Jenny, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. I would never tear Jenny down. I would never tell her like, oh my God, Jenny, you look so fat today. Like go skip lunch. Like (laughs) that's just not (laughs) how I would talk to anyone. Um, and I shouldn't talk to myself that way. Yeah. I deserve love. My body deserve love, deserves love. Um, there's this quote, I don't know who it's by sue me. Um, but it goes (laughs) something along the lines of apologize to your body. That's where healing begins. Yes. I truly believe that, you know, um, And it doesn't have to be you physically being like, I'm so sorry, but it can be something as you realize you didn't eat today. So you're going to eat a healthier meal. Um, 
you realize you haven't eaten breakfast, so you're going to grab a banana on your way to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, just treating yourself the way that you would treat your friends. Um, and then as far as, you know, when it comes to your health, your health isn't something that you should gamble with. Your health yeah. comes down to your life. Um And yeah, your depression may kick in and say, fuck it. Like, what do I have to lose? I'm young. My body will fight it off. But like, it might not. Yeah. (laughs) You might want to go get it checked out. You might want to go get it checked out. Um, Better safe than sorry. Um, Definitely try to live a little more cautious when it comes to your health. And just take yourself serious. Be your own advocate. But also, don't beat yourself up. Like after we get off here, I'm probably going to go eat some dairy-free ice cream. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just love yourself the way that you love your friends. Love the self. You love yourself the way that you want someone to love you. Yeah. And love yourself because you deserve all the love that you can get. So it might as well come from you first. Oh, oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to write that down on a sticky note and I'm going to put that on my mirror. Okay. I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll listen to the recording again and I'll make sure to write it down. Because sometimes those inspirational thoughts come and they go. (laughs) Thoughts of inspiration. (laughs) I did want to add one thing though. Um, As embarrassing as this might be, how you said, you know, apologize to your body. Yeah. It might not be like, you know, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Listen, okay. I read this book and some of you guys might have read it. And it's, um, I believe You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hayes or Louise Hay. Something along those lines. So there was this part in this book where it was like, you have to go to a mirror, look yourself in the mirror and call yourself beautiful. That would be literally, so <laughs> I know literally it took me like 30 minutes to even get the words out and as soon as I got the words out I started bawling okay maybe what we need to do is go to the mirror mirror <laughs> look at yourself look at your body and apologize now I'm sorry for how I've been treating you Even, you know, I appreciate you for getting me to the places I need to go. Yeah. So if that will help, go right ahead and do that. Because I know it helped me when I called myself beautiful in the mirror for the first time. (laughs) So um, going on with that, uh, for anyone who has made it this far, thank you so much for sticking it out with us. Um. We hope that, you know, you visit us for our next episode as well. You can always find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, which definitely we need to be more active on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my realization this morning. Um, you can always visit us, connect with us, share your stories with us. You know, we'd love to have conversations and make this topic less taboo than it already is. Um, you know, and with that... 
Uh, we just want to say to stop, stop internalizing, internalizing bitch. bitch. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for coming along.